European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 39, Issue 48, Focus Issue on Heart Failure, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Personalised Approaches to Heart Failure, Age, Acute Presentation, and Comorbidities. Patients with heart failure may present in stable condition or acutely decompensated or even in cardiogenic shock. The latter is most commonly caused by an acute coronary syndrome and remains a therapeutic challenge. The recent surprising results of a randomized trial investigating complete revascularization versus culprit artery PCI only in such patients are discussed in a viewpoint integrating the results of the culprit shock trial in the 2017 ESC STEMI guidelines viewpoint of the task force by the principal author of the ESC guidelines, Borja Ibanez, from the Spanish National Center for Cardiovascular Research, the Fondación Jiménez Díaz University Hospital, and CyberCV in Madrid, Spain. Diabetes is a risk factor for stroke, coronary artery disease, and myocardial infarction, and may also directly affect myocyte function. As such, diabetes may cause both ischemic and non-ischemic cardiomyopathy. In their current opinion, heart failure and diabetes, metabolic alterations and therapeutic interventions, a state-of-the-art review from the Translational Research Committee of the Heart Failure Association, European Society of Cardiology, Stefana Heymans and colleagues from the University Medical Center in Maastricht in the Netherlands remind us that many novel agents emerging as promising heart failure drugs failed to improve residual morbidity and mortality. Since developing and testing new agents has become increasingly costly, the concept of repurposing existing drugs for new indications has gained considerable importance. Conceptually, Comorbidities such as type 2 diabetes mellitus, obesity, and chronic kidney disease, all increasingly prevalent due to the obesity epidemic, are not bystanders, but drivers of heart failure, especially of heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, or HFPEF, for which no effective therapy exists. Thus, anti-diabetic agents have gained interest as heart failure treatment. The Translational Research Committee of the Heart Failure Association, or HFA, of the European Society of Cardiology, or ESC, provides an overview of current evidence and open issues in this context. The sympathetic as well as the parasympathetic system control the cardiovascular system and are deranged in heart failure. In an EHJ brief communication entitled Splanknik Nerve Block for Decompensated Chronic Heart Failure, Splanknik HF, Marat Fudim and colleagues from the Department of Medicine at the Duke Clinical Research Institute in Durham, USA, note that maladaptive volume redistribution is a potential cause of acute decompensation. Elevated sympathetic tone may cause decreased vascular compliance of the main storage compartment of intravascular blood volume, i.e. the Splanknik compartment, and precipitate acute heart failure. The Splanknik HF trial results with hemodynamic changes, functional outcomes, 
comprehensive mechanistic evaluation of autonomic tone, vascular stiffness and volume shifts, and structural assessment of the heart. Renin angiotensin inhibitors are a highly evidence-based therapy for heart failure and recommended by guidelines. However, in most trials, very elderly patients have not been included to a significant extent. In a fast track entitled Association between Renin-Angiotensin System Inhibitor Use and Mortality-Morbidity in Elderly Patients with Heart Failure with Reduced Ejection Fraction, a Prospective Propensity Score Match Cohort Study, Gianluigi Savaresi from the Karolinska University Hospital in Stockholm, Sweden, and colleagues assessed the association between renin-angiotensin inhibitor use and mortality and morbidity in HFREF greater than 80 years and ejection fraction less than 40%. Of 6,710 patients, 80% received renin-angiotensin inhibitors. Using propensity score matching, renin-angiotensin inhibitors were associated with a hazard ratio of 0.78 for all-cause mortality and 0.86 for all-cause mortality and heart failure hospitalization. In aged HFREF patients, renin-angiotensin inhibitors were underused compared with younger ones, despite a similar association with reduced morbidity and mortality, and no apparent association with syncope-related hospitalizations. These clinically important results are further discussed in a thoughtful editorial by Mark A. Pfeffer from the Brigham and Women's Hospital, Harvard Medical School in Boston, USA taking into account that registries are less reliable than randomized trials for the assessment of treatment effects. In another article, Novel Endotypes in Heart Failure, Effects on Guideline-Directed Medical Therapy, by Peter van der Meer from the University Medical Center Groningen in the Netherlands and colleagues sought to determine subtypes of heart failure in 1,802 patients using a wide range of 92 biomarkers to identify mutually exclusive subgroups or endotypes. Six endotypes were identified. Patients with endotype 1 were youngest, less symptomatic, had the lowest NT-proBNP levels and lowest risk for all-cause mortality or hospitalization for heart failure. Patients with endotype 4 had more severe symptoms and signs of heart failure, higher NT-proBNP levels, and were at highest risk for all-cause mortality or heart failure hospitalization. Patients with endotypes 2, 3, and 5 were better up-titrated to target doses of beta-blockers, in contrast to other endotypes, patients with endotype 5 derive no potential survival benefit from uptitration of renin-angiotensin inhibitors and beta-blockers. Patients with endotype 2 even experience possible harm from uptitration of beta-blockers in contrast to those with endotype 4 and 6 that experience benefit. Thus, Using unsupervised cluster analysis based on biomarkers, six distinct endotypes can be identified with remarkable differences in characteristics, clinical outcome, 
and response to uptitration of guideline-directed medical therapy a first step towards personalised medicine in heart failure. In their article, Prognostic Implications of Atrial Fibrillation in Heart Failure with Reduced, Mid-Range and Preserved Ejection Fraction, a report from 14,964 patients in the ESC Heart Failure Long-Term Registry, Offer Amir from the Poria Medical Center Tiberius in Israel and colleagues analyzed the characteristics and one-year prognosis of atrial fibrillation compared to sinus rhythm in HFPEF with an ejection fraction greater or equal 50%, mid-range HFMREF 40-49%, and heart failure with reduced ejection fraction or HFREF less than 40%. In the 14,964 patients, the prevalence of atrial fibrillation was 27% in HFREF, 29% in HFMREF, and 39% in HFPEF, and associated with older age, lower functional capacity, and heightened physical signs of heart failure. In each subtype, Mortality and hospitalizations were higher in patients with atrial fibrillation compared to those in sinus rhythm. After adjustment, the one-year hazard ratio of atrial fibrillation for heart failure hospitalizations was 1.036 in HFREF, 1.430 in HFMREF, and 1.487 in HFPEF, and for one-year all-cause death or hospitalizations, 0.957, 1.302, and 1.365 respectively. In patients with HFREF, atrial fibrillation was not associated with worse outcomes in those presenting with either an acute or a chronic condition. Thus, the prevalence of atrial fibrillation increases with increasing ejection fraction, Interestingly, its association with worse one-year cardiovascular outcomes, including heart failure hospitalizations by itself or combined with total mortality, remained significant in patients with HFPEF and HFMREF, but not in those with HFREF. These provocative findings are put into context in an editorial by Peter A. Noseworthy from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, USA. The issue is complemented by a discussion forum article entitled The Potential Multiple Effects of Beta-3AR Agonists on the Heart Protection for Patients with HFPEF by Da Jin Wang from the Clinical Medical College, Yangzhou University, in Jiangsu, China, with colleagues. Referring to the original article, Cardiac Myocyte Beta-3 Adrenergic Receptors Prevent Myocardial Fibrosis by Modulating Oxidant Stress-Dependent Paracrine Signaling, by Jean-Luc Balingan from the Institute of Experimental and Clinical Research of the University of Louvain in Brussels, Belgium, along with colleagues, and its corresponding reply by Balingon, response to the potential multiple effects of beta-3 adrenergic receptor agonists on the heart protection for patients with heart failure with preserved ejection fraction. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.